This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little fudgy who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. Washington goes to 1-0 in Pac-12 play with an overtime win against the Cal Bears at Husky Stadium last night. Sean McGrew rushed for a couple of touchdowns. Kyler Gordon made two fantastic interceptions. And Fudgy's favorite player, Devin Culp, caught five passes for 81 yards. The Huskies are now 2-2 two two, heading down to Corvallis next week. Don't know if we can call them Beavlet anymore because they beat USC, but we'll get to that in due time. And uh, joined by co-hosts, Joey Dangerously and Willie Doog and... Um, I was going to joke last night when I thought we were going to uh, pod before we decided to switch this morning. I was going to make a joke about you guys being in the panel van swerving northbound on I-5 while recording. But uh, <laughs> um, anyways, we're doing this on a Sunday morning. And, uh, and we'll start with you, Joey. What, what thoughts are going through your mind other than having a raspy voice from screaming at Evan Weaver last night? He was sitting about what two, two no. rows in front of you or whatever. <laughs> he wasn't sitting in. He wasn't sitting in front of. He was on the sidelines, but I still made it. Oh, a point to, oh! I still made it the point to yell at him. So. <laughs> but anyways, your what? What are your thoughts on and last he, night's thirty-one twenty-four win? And, and he could he could mop the floor with my old sorry ass, but I don't care. I thought uh, I thought when Cal tied the game at twenty four and uh, uh, we were going to overtime, I was like, this game is over. I had, that was the least confident I've ever felt. Uh, the end of a game and going into overtime, I had. Excuse me, even, even the 2008 Apple Cup? I don't know. That was... Uh, you don't have to answer that. That was, that was a... <laughs> well, that that game... That, I don't know. That game, I thought... I thought they'd still... I thought they could still win the game, but... <laughs> and, no, this... You were young and naive. This, <laughs> younger and naive, yes. No, this, this was... Uh, this was I. I just thought Cal was completely kicking our ass in the second half, and there was I had just no chance we were going to pull that game out. But turned out we did. I, I, you know, Cam Williams hadn't made a play all game, all season for that matter, and then uh, comes up big with that uh, that forced fumble. So good stuff. And that was that was actually quite shocking, but because uh, it felt mm-hmm. like Cal was going to go right into the end zone, we weren't we weren't slowing them down at all. So, and they they were. It was the, the, this uh, man Chase Garbers. Jeez, what a just pain in the ass that guy is. You know, <laughs> the, the difference between him and and uh, Dylan Morris is. You know, I know I know he threw two. Uh, those were pretty bad interceptions to. Kyler Gordon, but uh, boy, the guy just kills us on third downs. Uh, you know, instead of throwing the ball away like 
like Dylan does, uh, you know, Garbers will scramble for, you know, a, a gain on third down to at least pick it up or, you know, make it fourth and short or something to go for it. So, man, what a what a tough uh, tough team to to play. It seems to want to get up for Washington so badly. Yeah, and uh, I'll say this before we uh, we uh, switch over to Wooly to see what he has to say. But it's like you can when when Morris is back there, and I am not somebody that hates Dylan Morris. I want to make that clear. Um, I'm almost at the point though where I want to put Heward in, but that's a different conversation. But um, but you can see he's like. I don't know if Donovan's pounding it into his brain or whatever, but you can see the wheels clicking and turning in his brain and in, in Morris's mind when he's back there because it's like, okay, first guy's not open. All right, second guy's not open. Okay, throw it away. And then he just, like, tries to throw it into the upper deck, you know? Yeah. And it's like there's no improvis- improvisational uh, – uh, 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 what am I trying to say? There's no opening for improvisation there – once his mind starts going down those uh, checkdowns and everything, and it's just like it, it just it just turns like robotic and with a little bit of panic or something. It, it feels to me just watching his body language as he goes through all that. But um, seems like but, a practice uh, player and not a not a gamer. You know, <laughs> well, <laughs> now, uh, but I don't think he's yeah. trash either. I think he's probably maybe a kind of a, a poor man's Keith Price or something. You know, something like that. I don't know, but. Yeah, um, he's a, what, yeah. He if he was your backup, you'd be, you know. Yeah, you'd be satisfied. Yeah. All right. You know, a few weeks ago, I said Sean McGrew would be a legend if he was at Linfield. Uh, you know, same with Morris, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> shout so, out to Linfield. <laughs> shout out to Linfield. <laughs> Willie, uh, I actually have no idea what you're going to say because when we were texting last night, it was it was me and Joey, and you weren't chiming in, and I, I know you were kind of feeling <laughs> kind of feeling sick there and had some other things going on. But I have no idea what your take is on the game last night, so I'm curious if how you felt coming away from that one. Yeah, I've exercised my demons, uh, literally and figuratively. Uh, <laughs> I felt like for a while there I was watching the Montana game again, but just for playing mm. Montana, a team that's probably not much better than Montana, if not even just as good as Montana, in my opinion. Uh, I've got two things. One, I've convinced myself that this was the 2016 Arizona game where, you know, you just have to you have to get a monkey off your back, and now the team's turning the corner because they finally got that cow monkey off their back, and they're ready, they're ready to rumble. But uh, that's mo- that's hundred percent joking, but there, there, I think there is some, uh, <laughs> uh, there is some there and I don't know, this season to me is turned into after Montana loss, it turned into a week to week season and they got the win uh, again, uh, got that monkey off the back, which if nothing else, they beat Cal. So I'm happy with that. You know, uh, I think I was probably scared people in our section last night. Cause I think I was just screaming once they confirmed the, uh, the uh, they confirmed that the fumble, you know, the game was over. That's just like Washington won a game that you know it felt like they weren't going to win, uh, and, and they didn't have to, you know, just have a Herculean effort or play to make it happen. It just seems like that never happens. Uh, 
ever, and I, I don't know if everyone's fan fan base feel that, but, like, it always feels like, okay, if they're going to beat someone in overtime, they're going to have to, you know, take them out on downs. They're going to get four shots at the end zone, and they're going to have to make great plays to break it up. They never just get a play where, like, you see all the time in overtime where, like, oh, a guy fumbled and the game's over, or, you know, a quarterback throw it gets a, a batted ball and there's a pick six and the, game, the game's over. They have to, like, grind it out and kill you, or they have to, like, you know, score on a fourth down. Uh, and that finally did not happen. It didn't happen against Cal, who was screaming, you know, uh, at Evan Weaver. You know, these they were so just uh, chest-beating. But it's like they played two really freak games and one in a very, very freak nature uh, with a lot of breaks going their way and injuries. And it's like finally it did not go Cal's way. Uh, and Chase Garber, you know, was, you know, the superhero. And then next week he's going to throw for 85 yards and – Four picks, uh, fumble, fumble, in the first half. In the first half, yeah. He's, uh, so I'll stop there. It just felt like you know, I'm a believer in the football gods, except when it comes to Washington. And the football gods finally smiled on Washington against Cal, and that's something they needed. So everyone needed, if nothing else, if they lose every game the rest of the way, they they haven't lost to Cal four times in four years, and and you know, in games where it felt like they really should not have lost to Cal. But I tell you, the difference between two and two and one and three for this season is, is huge in terms of the uh, outlook. They had to win. Yeah, they uh, – I mean, if there's any hope for this season, they could not lose this game. Uh, that That's a big thing, too. I still don't think there's hope for the season, so that's why I'm not reading too much into it. But if there's any hope, you start 0-1 against the Cal team that I, I think, you know, at home – other than the Coug, I think that definitely is their most winnable game uh, at home the rest of the way. So that's a guarantee you must win. Even to get to a bowl game, this is probably a good chance that was a must win. Uh, and they got it. You know, uh, it was ugly, but they got it. Yeah, I don't see the team getting over five wins. Yeah, the Huskies. I'm it sorry. Feels, yeah, the Huskies. It feels like a, it feels like a 500 team. Or yes. right below it. It, it feels yeah. right, like right where we are is what we are. I mean, you can get uh, – boy, you don't want to guarantee any wins with this team right now, but, uh, I mean, Arizona, Arizona and the Coug, um, you know, I mean, you can get that four. That's four. God. I yeah, don't Joey? know about Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about Joey. anybody. I don't know about what. What, 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 what are your guys' thoughts on next week's Washington versus Linfield <laughs> game? Joey, to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how Kyler Gordon is going to cover uh, Linfield's small five eight white <laughs> wide receivers. Um, I tell you what. You, you, I know I interrupted you there, though. Did you have more to say, or I just like I, I'm? Tr- it's hard to see where the where the wins are going to come from. This team is a, you know just so erratic right now, and uh, boy, if you you know if you just play McGrew against Montana, you know what what is the, is anything different if you play McGrew and Pleasant against Montana? Does anything come out differently? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I'll I'll caveat that. If you 
if McGrew carries the ball 15 times against Montana and every one of those carries isn't up the middle, John Donovan, um, run him wide, spread the field, uh, yeah, we we beat Montana. We beat Montana by at least 10, and we'd be on here complaining about how bad we looked, but but at least we don't lose that game. So Dick, Dick Dick Newton was suited up last night. Yes. Just sitting on the sideline. You know, he didn't interact. Uh, Willie Dug and I didn't notice him until, like, late in the third quarter. He was all the way down at the end of, you know, where all the players were. And he didn't interact with uh, – he didn't interact with anybody, you know, the whole game. It was, you know, uh, the first couple games you could actually see, you know, Sean McGrew come out and, you know, High five his, you know, his teammates and, you know, give some words of encouragement or something. And uh, I don't know. There's something, uh, something weird with Bo- Boner Popper. Uh, must get offended if somebody brings up his skeletons in the in his driveway or whatever, <laughs> and, and uh, he he benches his guys. <laughs> <laughs> somebody well, calls it, him out on uh somebody calls him out on his like teenager female stalking on Twitter. <laughs> and he bitches <laughs> bench, him. Well, I, I, I the whole thing with McGrew was the giant mystery to us, so why your best running back and most athletic running back would, would sit and not even touch the ball once for your through the first two games. And now suddenly he was carrying – I think he was the only running back to carry the ball in the first half yesterday, um, McGrew was. And then all of a sudden, like you were saying, Newton is suddenly persona non grata. And I this is pure speculation, but it's almost like, you know, the coaches – I don't get a sense that they know how to even – psychologically prepare these guys or something and suddenly you're like you're like you go from the number one running back and all of a sudden you're just like go sit over there or something and, and, and it, something's not right something something's not being handled correctly and then we'll go into the play calling in a little bit here because i got a couple things i want to say when in regards to the coaches but oh i'm glad uh, i'm glad newton didn't get a carry but, but oh, now you're now you're looking at yes. him on the sideline and you're now you're you're going because I'm just I got ADD and can't pay attention to anything for too long. Now I'm watching <laughs> him on the sideline. And I'm going, I'm going. Well, what the fuck did he do? <laughs> what happened? To him? Like he seemed to be the golden child for three weeks. <laughs> now what did he do? No, it should be McGrew getting 17 carries a game and then um, give Pleasant the ball about six times a game, and there you go. That's about what they did last night. But, yeah. Uh, oh, let's see. McGrew had 16 for 53 yards. Um, Two TDs. And, by the way, that's all running up the middle good. with a line. that This is probably the worst run back, run blocking line at Washington probably in my lifetime, but maybe comparable to 2008 and 2002. Um, um, it's really, um, it's bad. Oh, Bulow's not good. And Wattenberg's it's, never been good. I've never been a Wattenberg guy, but yeah. So, uh, well, I guess we'll, uh, we'll, uh, well, I'll go ahead and make my comment about Donovan because I don't remember if it was you guys I, I texted this to or somebody else, but we get down into the late stages there. We have that, uh, uh, that I think it was that final drive 
uh, right before overtime. Um, I can't remember if there was two minutes left or five minutes left in the fourth quarter, but it was a very important drive for Washington. And we uh, we do the two runs up the middle, and then we have the third and two, and we run like was it the fade route, like Sark style. And um, I I I I just grab my phone and texted somebody fire fire Donovan, and it's like what what is you know what. What was your guys' thoughts as, as that whole thing played out? Go ahead, Willie. You go first. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think overall uh, it just feels like this offense, if it doesn't have a rhythm, it is just poison. And if it has a rhythm, it, it showed some signs of life. And it really seemed like in the worst way possible when they they should pass, they run. And when they should run, they pass. Uh, <laughs> I would add in there my number one thing. I mean, I don't think there's anything more for me to say about how bad Donovan is and how much I think he needs to be fired. Um, I think the number one thing I think is missing is, and I'm a, I hate tempo, but I they never seemed I, – I really felt like they could have used tempo a lot in that game, and then they would go huddle for like 30 seconds. Um, you know, and I think especially with the offense that's struggling, I don't get why they don't utilize that at all. You know, I think with Morris, too, he's a very rhythmic quarterback. If he can kind of get, you know, flowing and stop thinking about – if he's not thinking about what's going to go happen, you know, with reads, he, he does pretty well. But, you know, they'll get like a an 18-yard pass and then go down and huddle up again for, you know, 30 seconds and then come back out. And then once one of those plays doesn't go well, they're done. That's the thing. I think – Mm. However they're played, if something doesn't work, it's just over automatic. You know, they're going to go three and out or they're going to have to punt. And my only other question is, what is the longest run they've had this year and how many times have they had a, a double-digit yardage run? It, it, is it like twice? They they can't. Wow. No, like physics, you know, it's like uh, – I don't know if you say it's physics or if it's uh, geometry would suggest that somehow, you know – with gravity, they would have to accidentally get a run for, you know, more than four yards. Or, I mean, not four, more than, like, five or six yards. And I don't think they have maybe more than, you know, three or four times. Aren't they, like, the only team in FPS that doesn't have a 20-yard run? Morris mm. might have got one on a scramble. Uh, I, I, thought I, I, I thought I heard that the other day. They were. But yeah. on Morris' to scramble, he had Bynum when he rolled out. He had Bynum for a touchdown, uh, and he said he ran for like probably close to twenty yards. But he had Bynum wide open once he once he started to to roll out. Uh, he just but he just didn't throw it. Yeah, they well, had uh, then, what, second second touchdown drive, or that might have been the it's the second or third touchdown drive. They, I mean the the. The play calling and the rhythm and the tempo was all, like, perfect. That was the best drive they had all year. Yes. I think they did, like, three play – they did, like, three play actions in a row or something like that, and it was like, uh, oh, they should run play action here because, you know, Cal's, uh, Cal's box is ready for the run, and they did it three times in a row, and they were all pretty big chunk passes, and – they went right down the field and scored. And uh, and then after that, 
I think it was their third touchdown drive. It was like after that, uh, we were like screaming, like, where's the tempo? You have them on their heels. You know, you, you have a chance to bury them. And, yeah, you're you're fumbling around trying to get a play, huddling up. And I don't know. There was there – was, there's other plays you could see the uh uh the defense uh defense is ready and shifting toward the side like they could tell where the run play is going yes. it's like it's like are they going to run right in right into this play they oh, snap yes. the ball sure <laughs> enough they run right into where the, the defense is it's like it's like uh, Dylan have they taught you how to audible <laughs> ever <laughs> But here's the deal. Why is it that every McGrew carry is right up the middle? The guy's like 5'8", 135 pounds, and, and, uh, and our run blocking is terrible, and you're going to go right into the teeth of that. And how hard is it to spread things out, do a little misdirection? What about sending everybody one direction? And uh, um, I'm forgetting what it's called, but Oregon used to run it during the Bilotti days uh, especially, but everybody go one direction, the running back would go the other, and then they'd do the pitch-out thing, and they often got good gains out of that. You get McGrew in space out there, that's that's his forte. That's where he would succeed. And instead of running up the middle and getting one yard, he would get seven or something if you just schematically handled things better from a coaching and play-calling standpoint. I don't yeah, understand no it. Play. It, it, they're not doing yeah. any stretch plays. Yeah. Yeah. There's just no sophistication uh, or anything. I, I... Yeah, I think the Peterson coaching tree must hate that because I always thought the same thing with Ahmed. Other than that one apple cup mm. where they were like, where they would just run Ahmed to the side and he'd get seven to eight yards because he was so fast on that every time. They never would. Ahmed was never put uh, in space and McGrew was never put in space. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, my other thing was with the Donovan thing was kind of going back to that, you know, you pass when you should throw uh, and reverse, you know, and everyone can think that when it doesn't work. But I think it was the last time they had the ball maybe in regulation where we were kind of joking. We were like, oh, they're going to run it three times up the middle. But then they, like, ran it once, and then they passed twice. And then at the end, you're like, you know what? They probably should have ran that three times up the middle. If <laughs> uh, yeah. nothing else, uh, keep Cal's offense, you know, uh, cold for a little bit longer, run some clock. Uh, instead, they think they ran it for like – they got a good game, too, on first down. They got like five yards, maybe even six, and then they threw two incomplete passes, and then they punted right back to Cal, and you're like, oh, that was when they should have, you know. And if they got a first down running the ball there, the game's probably over, you know, where if they pass it, you know, the clock probably stops, and then, you know, it, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. But, yeah, they uh, – Donovan, he's just the man. The man stinks. And here's the deal: you get into a key situation late in the game, and it's like third and two, and everybody's stacked up at the line of scrimmage, and you got to get that first down. I would feel much better running a naked bootleg with with Morris and risking the chance that he's going to get buried than handing it off to any of our running backs and plowing up the middle into that. You know. It's just we can't move anybody off the ball. When you can't move Montana, I, I feel like I'm being redundant now, but when you can't move Montana off the ball, how do you expect to move any Pac-12 team off the ball? And it's like, and Cal's not even, Cal's going to win like, you know, four games this year or something. They're not good. I, Wilcox, the clock's ticking out. I don't even think he's like this. But I don't know. I just, that didn't look like a good, that looked like a team that was motivated to beat us, but they didn't look very well coached and 
uh, there you go. So I, I think yeah. I, put, I I put it I clarified it on the board, you know, right before we potted that uh, somebody responded that we'd all drag our nuts through concrete to get Evan Weaver or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I would, I would have, I would love to have yeah. <laughs> Evan Weaver. The the thing I'm annoyed, the thing I'm annoyed about is how do you get a whole team to get amped up to play, play Washington just because you have a sour taste in your mouth. So it's like, uh, and I, I try, I, uh, Compared it uh, last night to Wooly Duke when uh, in 2010, uh, when Stanford came to Washington and uh, beat us 41 to nothing. Oh yeah, didn't they didn't get past like Stanford's 40 yard line? Uh, it rained and poured all night. My wife was pregnant. We had a long walk. It's like the worst game experience ever my entire life. Uh, but after the game, it was. Basically, it was reported by several people that Harbaugh was in the um, in the locker room, being like all uh, beating his chest about how they just beat the highest paid staff in the conference, and and these coaches are overrated, and you've got the best coaches, and it and it was a big speech on how like uh, it was a pity party for him and his coaches, like they should win the game for him and not win the game for the players. And and that, that kind of shit always annoys me. It's like, you know, this team spurred me in recruiting. You should win the game for me. And I'm inspired to beat these guys. And <laughs> and uh, next week at, at Oregon, doesn't matter. We, we don't give a fuck about that. Winning the conference. We, we want to beat Washington because we like beating an above-average team and, and and packing it in for the season. That's why I want to hockey check him. <laughs> well, I want to hockey check him because uh, when uh, the Woodenville Falcons were playing at Joe Albee Stadium in uh, November 2015 in the state quarterfinals, and uh, Woodenville was uh, trailing by, I think it was something like four in the fourth quarter, and uh, they were starting to drive, and they got down to about the Gonzaga prep 40-yard line, and... Um, Oh, I'm trying to remember the Woodenville quarterback name. Was that uh, – I remember – I can't remember his first name. But um, but um, uh, it, it ended, Evan, Weaver picked, Evan Weaver picked off a pass, and, and he's running down the field, uh, right down the middle of the field, heading to the end zone, and he gets to around the 20- or 15-yard line, and the Woodenville offense is chasing him, and he turns around and gives him the middle figure. <laughs> I think you so, told us that at at the meetup at at oh, the did I? I think so that's, Anger yeah, you. that's Anger yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, I haven't forgotten that one. But uh, anyways, um, I, I guess uh, before we conclude, though, we should uh, try to address some of the positives. And you guys, I wasn't at the stadium last night, but obviously you guys were. But you correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounded like the crowd was really into it and, and having a good time, uh, so it seemed like there was some energy there. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think maybe the deal is, you know, I, I was surprised there were a lot of students. Uh, I was actually pretty uh, I was pretty pleased with how many students it seemed like showed up, especially early. There was a good chunk uh, that was almost full, you know, before kickoff, but then 
maybe only the true fans are left. So yeah, it was uh, I think it was the third or the fourth quarter. I think me and Joey looked up behind us because we're like, there's some sound coming off that upper deck. Because uh, the north upper deck looked pretty sparse, but we were like, there's some sound here, and you know, people were fired up and you know, ready to, you know, it was a good crowd environment, even if it was a little bit spread out, uh, even if there was a geriatric man trying to get you to wear a mask. Uh, there was some, uh, there was some guy, there was a guy in a, a number seven Shaq Thompson jersey by himself, uh, kind of looked like, uh, you know, Sam Heward, uh, Sam Heward's shitty, uh, you know, long lost twin by himself, whole game screaming, no mask, uh, other people in the uh, Hal fans trying to talk him down, and he was just from, you know, kickoff to final bell, he was in it, and I'm like, I love that guy, uh, like, we need that, we just need 70,000 of those guys uh, out there, you know, Lone Rangers killing it, yeah, it was a good environment for what it was, I definitely think so. I think, uh, I think no pandemic, this would have been, you know, a Pretty big crowd and sellout crowd. If uh, beat Cal, yeah, beat Montana. Too. Yeah, beat Montana and you know come in two and one against Cal and it would have been a big crowd and and a little better atmosphere. Yeah, the crowd was into it. There was times where the Huskies would make a big play and like you could look on their sideline. You're like, how are you not into that? Like they were just kind of like walking, walking down the sideline, you know, just like clapping a little bit. Hmm. But Cal wasn't. Cal didn't look like that into the game either. They weren't like. I mean, there was something about the two teams where it was just like, man. Okay, yeah. well they're not, they're not too into it, but the crowd was, the crowd was good last night. Well, I'll tell you. Um, so, so, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <clears throat> oh, I was gonna say the. Uh, the wristband thing was pretty easy, so if anybody's oh, good. worried about the you know the whole show your papers thing, it's, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't that it wasn't that bad. It was it was pretty easy, and I didn't and and I didn't wear a mask the whole time, so um, you know. Well, uh, one thing I'll... I'm just I'm just a dick like that, so. Well, one one thing I'll say is that um, it, it popped into my mind last night watching it on TV was that I remember reading from years ago that I think it was like um, it must have been in the early 80s or something that um, every day at whatever time it was like 2 p.m. or something, there would be about 20. This is in Iran and there would be something like 20 Iranians or 30 Iranians that would gather in front of the uh, American embassy and they would stand in a close, tight pack, and they would, like, burn American flags. There would be cameras out there, and they'd be screaming into the cameras and burning the flag and yelling and everything. And then the cameras would stop, and everybody would quietly walk away until the next day. But if you watched it on TV, it looked like there was this massive, angry, frenzied rally where they were wanted to kill America. Um, and the reason that may sound bizarre is an example here, but when I was watching last night on the Pac-12 network, they – the, it was clear that the cameraman had been given instructions to zoom in only on where the crowd was because they never had any real wide shots, and you couldn't see what the uh, actual overall crowd was like because I wanted to get a feel of how many people were there. But they would zoom in on, you know, you would see you would see 20 or 40 or 50 people in the shot or whatever and make it look like it was really the packed and into it. So to hear you guys say that, the upper decks were kind of, or the north upper deck was kind of sparse, was interesting, but 
But anyways, overall, I want to say that I was pleasantly surprised that there was that much energy and that there are people out there that still care. So, yeah, there's not, they're shrinking, but yeah, there's, there, there's, uh, there's some more like us. It was, uh, it kind of reminded me of the vibe of, I think the late, uh, Gilby years where there still was kind of that, like hanging on, you know, blue blood fans that were like, we're still into this, but you could kind of tell that like something was wrong. Uh, you know, and that I remember, I remember those years, a lot of close games like that against average teams. Uh, I think even new highs of last year where you were like, this is fun football. You know, you got to win over like an average Arizona team or something that was fun to be there. And the crowd wasn't what it was, but you're also kind of like something felt wrong. And I kind of get that feeling. It doesn't feel like there's any future momentum uh, at the same time. But it was definitely a fun game. In some ways, it was fun to be at. It was also kind of like a, it was a weird environment because like I looked at the win probability at ESPN, and it was like the whole game was like the Huskies <laughs> yes. was like pretty high. It was like in the it was pretty high. Eighty-seven, eighty-nine. Yeah, I was watching it yeah. too. Yeah, and you're like, if they just have one big play, this game is over for, like, two quarters almost. It was, like, the whole second half. You're like, if they get, like, a big turnover, uh, you know, in Cal territory or they break a big run, they get, like, a touchdown. They even get, like, a field goal. Like, if they just get something, this game is over for, like, so long, and it just kept not happening. So the crowd kind of, I think, just got, like, tense and tense, more tense and tense and tense, uh, where it kind of created this, like, bubble of, like, uh, that you know, people were just really getting into it because, like, we can't lose to Cal again. Like, I'm gonna scream my lungs out. They beat, uh, they go into uh, Corvallis next week, and they beat, uh, if they beat Oregon State, um, that UCLA game is gonna be a pretty, pretty good atmosphere, barring you know, a, a monsoon and thunderstorm. Um, <laughs> they might need that though. They might need that. Um, so they they could. Uh, I I uh, man, if this team would just stack the box uh, on the Beave next week, uh, I don't think the Beave. I don't think the Beave can beat you through the air. Um, the the they seem like just a primarily running team, but. Uh, I don't know. Well, defensively, I'm, worried. We I'm more well. worried. I'm more worried about that game than than UCLA right now. It's uh, the Beave is looking pretty tough. Well, defensively, I I feel like we looked very well coached, and offensively, it's just a shit show. So, um, yeah, we're so, somehow managing to we're somehow managing to get um, some decent defensive production, uh, even when you're. Uh, the left side of uh, the left side of the front seven last night, Wooly uh, <laughs> just looking at it, we're like McDonald, Tuatelli, and Sermon. We're like, yep. gee, I wonder where Cal is going to run to. And sure enough, the the whole drive down, they just kept going to that to that side of the line, and it was like, oh boy, it's going to be a long <laughs> it's going to be a long season if the, these guys keep getting significant minutes. I don't, I I don't up, see him. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I looked up, uh, it was uh, um, the combined tackles of like Martin McDonald and Tuatelli, and it was like three tackles for the whole game. 
Tuatelli made the play. I'll give it to Tuatelli. I think he had a he had an outright sack, and I think he collapsed the pocket a couple times. But yeah, yeah, he's he's improving. Yeah, he is. Those other guys. I mean, they they threw out I think eight different linebackers, if not more, throughout the game. They're clearly looking for an answer at every linebacker spot, and they're not getting it. And just and anyone who could rush the passer, you know, without you know without blitzing a DB, uh, they, then they can't find it. I mean, they need VTF back. I mean, maybe maybe it's by some miracle they can get VTF back by, by UCLA or something. That could be in his, you know, the player he was. That would be huge because that edge against the run and against the pass, they just have absolutely nothing there right now. And they have, they're throwing out guys who, you know, we weren't that excited about in the recruiting process other than, you know, Smalls. Uh, you know, I, I – I, I think that, that that's a huge problem point. And I think, you know, if they play better teams that are better than Cal, uh, they're going to be in really big trouble. Uh, you know, I, I think the lucky thing is, I think the Pac-12 is terrible. <laughs> I don't think, I think <laughs> Oregon, and UC, Oregon and UCLA are the only teams that I think kind of scare me. And even them, I don't think either of those teams are, you know, unbeatable or anything. But that's that's a tangent. That's a tangent. Well, Thurman's a, a weak leak. It's just, it's the Achilles heel of the defense. So they yeah, it's weird. There's there. There, he'll have he'll have a he'll have about a quarter or a half. Sermon will where you're like, hey, you know that he's made some good plays <laughs> there. And then it'll be like three games. Three games will go by, and you're like, God, what yep. what do they see in this guy? <laughs> he's on skates. He just. <laughs> Sometimes he just runs into the line and just like dives down down at a couple guys' feet, nowhere near the ball carrier or something. Just tries to blow it up. I, I, I uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I noticed on the on the stat sheet, uh, Smalls didn't even he doesn't even show up. So yep. I'm starting to starting to get concerned that we don't. Uh, we don't see Smalls flashing or anything right now, but um, yeah, could 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 need ZTF because Smalls was close to getting a couple sacks last year, but ZTF beat him there. So maybe it's maybe it's just that um, you know he's got Cooper McDonald or Jeremiah Martin on you know one side. Well, I think Smalls is kind of a victim of uh, just. Uh, too much press, and we expected uh, Lawrence Taylor or whatever. So, um, so uh, do want to give a shout out though? And you were as we we're talking about Smalls because that was one of the players that Fudgy was shouting down. Uh, Fudgy being back the pack, of course, on the Hardcore Husky message boards. Uh, our enfant terrible uh, poster on there, and he uh, was shouting down anybody that dared to criticize Smalls at all during the recruiting process. Um, but as Husky Hooligan was saying on the boards, I want to give him credit and a shout out here. He said the last night was Fudgy's revenge because David Culp, who also Fudgy's been touting, uh, had five catches for 81 yards after, uh, what was it? Was it, uh, yeah, it was against Arkansas State that he was wide open in the end zone and dropped the easy touchdown, and it's turned into a gift that's going to last forever. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I cut out, so I can't. I don't think I heard the rest of what you said. But we're talking Devin Culp, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. I, I was saying to Joey during the game, I felt like I was watching 
someone play the Huskies because I feel like with the Huskies, you always watch these – they always play these teams like now. Yeah. Some guy who's never done anything, who's not a big crew, you've never heard of, is just shredding them. And I have to imagine, like, I'm sure Cal fans are like, who is this Colt guy? <laughs> like, yeah. he's their third – you know, he's their third string tight end, and he's, you know, killing us. And I feel like that's always the other way around. So that's when I – there was a couple of things when I thought they were probably going to win – was early, you know, Garber's throwing a pick because Garber's is the guy who always throws, you know, three interceptions against every other team. But then against the Huskies, I don't think he had thrown one yet. Uh, and, like, he threw a pick early. And I'm like, finally, we might break through the, the Chase Garber's un, un, unstoppable inter, non-interception thing. And then Culp, I'm like, finally, we got a guy, you know, who, who out of nowhere is just having a big game, uh, who's not, like – oh, it's not like Trent McDuffie or, you know, Kate Otten where you're like, yeah, that's a proven good player. He's having a big game. This is like, this is a wild card. You need, you need, and that's how you win, you know, win sometimes if you get a wild card like that. So good he on just Cole can't be Adam. wide open. Yeah, he looked, uh, <laughs> he looked good too. It didn't look like, it didn't just look like, a, you know, a fluke or, you know, or like they were scheming things and he got open on play design. He, he looked good. I, I mean, if he can be that player, that's uh, that would be a huge a huge benefit for them. Mm-hmm. You know the the late Larry and I, uh, Larry. For people out there that don't know, he was uh, uh, one of the OG um, half brains and and uh, and posted for several years on Hardcore Husky. And he died in two thousand. Oh no, was he's either nineteen or twenty, right? Uh, 2020, April of 2020, um, got hit by a car in California and died. But, um, but anyways, um, he was a good friend of mine. And, uh, so we would text, especially like during the Sark years. And the reason I'm bringing this up right now is that we would text during games. And then it, we got into this thing where it's like every week we would play a, a team. And you remember how horrible our defenses were with uh, Nick Holt and everything. And it'd be like, okay, so, you know, which unknown guy is going to set all kinds of school <laughs> records this week? And there was one game, and you guys might be able to help me on this because I don't remember the name, but the Huskies were playing UCLA. And UCLA had, like, their their top three quarterbacks were injured, and they had some, like, walk-on. And it's like, so Larry and I are joking, like, okay, this guy's going to set all kinds of records, but we're thinking the defense is going to be able to shut him down. And he ends up, like, running for 80 yards and throwing for 230 and beating the Huskies or something. Do you guys remember that? What year was it? This would have been the Sark year, so. Oh, nine. Somewhere. Oh, nine, I think. I... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think oh, I was nine. there at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, it was Kevin Kraft, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was yeah, there. Had, uh, okay, that was the game. Uh, that was the game. I think uh, uh, UCLA had a had a receiver that had a pass go clearly through his arms and hit the ground, and uh, and they called it complete to get him down at the one. I think, and then and Sark even calls a timeout because back then you had to like call a timeout, and it was all like booth review. You couldn't ask for a review. So they call a timeout, and they're showing the replays on uh, the broadcast, and they're like, well, this will get overturned. And, and, and like a couple minutes go by, and UCLA's lining up at the one, and everybody's like, well, I guess they're not going to overturn this play. And UCLA <laughs> scores a touchdown, and uh, I think we lost the game by 
two points or something. I think Folk missed like two field goals or something in that. It was a weird, another weird UCLA game. Yep. So, anyways, uh, well, if uh, do you guys have any shout outs or any final thoughts you want to add? I'll just say, uh, give some sorry, Go ahead. I've only talked about negative, uh, negative, but give some positives and a negative. I mean, Tyler Gordon. Uh, I, yes. I guess I just can't be really positive. I feel like he gave up a couple tough, you know, late conversions. But I mean, he was a playmaker. Uh, that and that's what they just have never had. They've really struggled with. So huge shout out to him. He also got a big fourth down stop, uh, really key too. I think as well. Um, so so huge, yes. play, huge for him. You know, that was one of my huge positives. Other than that, um, you know, just pulling out a win, not too much. Uh, you know, negatives. I mean, I, I, it also kind of felt like there was a bad streak there in the third quarter where the game was about to be over, then there were some really bad – there were, like, three strings of, like, calls that did not go did not go well, uh, you know, for the Huskies, and that really changed the game. So I think uh, that was a big thing to me that I think – probably needs to be addressed the you know that was a, a a huge change to me when it felt like the game was kind of you know, going to be over there for a second and losing radley heil hurt really bad too which was like a huge flip uh you know they thought they had an interception which was really going to help put the game away uh they get a call i, I watched the replay i haven't seen like a close-up of it on on radley Howell's like defensive holding uh then radley Howell got hurt on the play and then the next play, Cal got a touchdown where it was like all of those things that you're like, Cal, and kind of a dinky, stupid touchdown play too where like they clearly, the momentum had just shifted. Washington was shocked and they got like a stupid swing pass, uh, you know, play like that. So that was just weird. That's my final thought. Yeah, I really like Bookie. And he's got he's got some moxie to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They need him. He, hopefully he's not. Hopefully that's not a long-term thing. Yeah, I'll, so, just go the, uh, I'll just echo the two positives that we were pointing out. Like the players of the game are obviously Colt and, and Gordon, who uh, I was I was worried going into the year those two guys were going to enter uh, Duke status. You know where uh, <laughs> they kind of have they kind of have some hype. They have some hype, but you're going to look back and, uh, you know, I, I, would, I would foreshadow, like, we're going to look back, you know, four or five years from now and say, like, those guys didn't do shit their whole career here. But Gordon, this is like kind of – Gordon's been making some good plays on special teams and occasionally on defense. But, you know, yesterday was a, was a major uh, – hopefully a major breakthrough game for him. I mean, that uh, – that, Toe tap interception was Ugh. was pretty pretty awesome. So, and then Culp Culp looked like a natural, you know, catching the ball, running after the catch, and and it was like, man, you look awesome out there, kid. If only you could catch it when you're fifty yards past the defender and wide <laughs> open. <laughs> But hopefully they found a sec, uh, like a real good second uh, tight end weapon, you know, um, opposite of Otten. Um, 
So I don't yeah, know. hopefully this hopefully it gets some confidence in in Devin Cole because that was that was really nice to see yesterday. Oh yeah, very much so. And I'm sure uh, you know that must have been uh, we've joked about it, but that must have been humiliating for him uh, to have that uh, ridiculous drop pass against Arkansas State. And so um, so yesterday had to have been a good shot in the arm for him. And and uh, you know, and then beat the beat the pack, aka Fudgy. He's he's been all over the boards today, claiming vindication. And uh, <laughs> so Fudgy's revenge. So. <laughs> I, I I love it. I love it. I meant it when I said it last week that he he is me. He's me, fifteen to twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll talk next week after the humiliating loss to Oregon State. So, yeah. <laughs> oh. Sounds good. Can't, can't wait. All right. Can't wait. All right. See you guys. All right. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is which is a shit show of politics and strange news. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level level of cyber peyote, peyote, come join Swain's Wigwarm. I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> After he did that one, but... <laughs>